Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. so excited to be with you guys today. Can we just like really quick just pause with, I just kind of felt like when we were singing that song, it just kind of hit me in a way and I just totally what I'm speaking on today. But can we just sing that one more time? I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child of God. Come on, sing this with us. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am, I am a child of God. Come on, I don't know what you're going through today, but whatever it is, just know that you are a child of God, that God loves you with a love that is so unfailing, that God did everything in his power so that he may know you and have a relationship with you today. And whatever it is that you're going through, no fear, no thing is bigger than the power of God. Amen? And so whenever you're in a moment and you're just really struggling, I just encourage you to sing, I am a child of God. Sing more. And I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child. I like the next part of that. It just says, and you split the sea so I could walk right my fear is drowned in perfect love and you rescue me so i can stand and see i am a child of god one more time i am a child and i am a child of god father today we just thank you for your love, which you loved us, God, that, that we are children of God. God, before we knew you, God, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, you so loved. You sent your one and only son to die for us so that we may know you, God. And so, God, whatever situation we might catch ourselves in, whether we're in calamity or distress or pain or, or hurt, God, that you're there and you're close to the brokenhearted, God. And we're thankful that you take broken things, God, and you make something beautiful. And Lord, we say in this moment, have your way in this place. Use us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on. Thank you so much. God is good. Man, I don't know about you guys. I am so jacked up to be here today. Anybody else just excited to be in church today? Awesome. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Um, 
Like Pastor Aaron said, I am from Community Church out in Pennsylvania, and uh, just so thankful to be here today with you. Um, if you didn't know, October is recognized as Pastor Appreciation Month, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, Pastor Aaron, that I appreciate you. I love you. Um, thankful for your sacrifice to risk it all to start, be, do the ministry. You know, it, it's not easy. Uh, and I, you know, I've only uh, been able to know you for a while, but um, just, I love your heart and I just love uh, what God has called you to do in this city. And I'm also here to tell you that if you don't appreciate him, we'll gladly take him in the Poconos. He is a treasure. And so uh, anyways, just want to say, love you, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, let's give it up for him. So, you know, I'm just going to speak from my heart today. I just encourage you to lean in with all you got today. You know, uh, my background and my vernacular, you know, if you hear something you like, just agree with me, say amen, or, or just be with me. And, you know, how many know if you, if you lean in and you agree with me, man, we'll get out of this place much sooner than expected. The last service witnessed that, you know, so I'm just going to challenge you guys to, man, lean in <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, just let, uh, man, just hear this word today, because I, I just believe that God um, has gave me a specific word, and, and, and maybe it's only for me, but I would hope that you would take this word and just apply it to your life. And um, we are in this series called Running with Giants, and um, this series is all based off of uh, the book of Hebrews. There's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12. I'll just read it real quick. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us. And um, I'm thankful for people who have went before us that we can look at their lives and um, see uh, what God has done through their lives and know that the same God that brought um, that group of people through will bring us through. Whatever we go through, whatever situation we might encounter, God is in the business of using broken people to do uncommon to do extraordinary things. And so, um, you know, wherever you come from, wherever your family's from, whatever you've done, just know that God is looking for willing hearts. That's who he can use is people that are willing, not people that are the most qualified, not people that are the most uh, handsome, because clearly I'm not, uh, not people that are the most good looking or not the most people that are, you know, the smartest, but God uses the people who are most willing and obedient. And so um, I'm thankful for this example of people. And so we look at this scripture, and this is um, kind of where this series is all formed around. It says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses as we run this race. And I know as a kid growing up, my dad uh, was a huge sports fan. Do I got any sports fans in the house? Anybody like some uh, Buckeye football? All right. OH. All right. All right. All right. So, uh, and I didn't hear everybody. So, like, Lifetime movies, Hallmark, Christmas movies. Okay. I think, I think we got everybody. I think we hit everybody. So, everybody, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I love football on Saturday morning. I love college football. And um, I'm a Buckeye fan, kind of by proxy. I moved here and, uh, you know, I grew up in the state of Florida. Uh, so I watched a lot of Florida football when I was a kid. And then you, and then you guys, oh, no, no, Jesus. Pray for this lady right here. Uh, and uh, I watched a lot of football. And then, you, you know, you guys stole our coach, Urban Meyer. He's here now. So 
Uh, so I'm kind of a Buckeye fan by proxy. And uh, anyways, but when I watch the game, I don't know about you, when I watch TV, I am on the edge of my seat. Every call, every play, anytime the coach makes a dumb call or the referee uh, makes a, a stupid decision, I'm like yelling at the TV and I'm just like, in the TV's face like I'm literally on the field or in the game. And it's funny, I uh, used to read this scripture a lot as a kid, and I used to wonder, man, like, do people like, you know, that are, uh, that are surrounding us, our forefathers, people who went before us, are they like watching us? Are they like saying, hey, you idiot, don't do that. Or hey, don't go this way or don't do that. And so it was always interesting as a kid to, to read this scripture. And uh, I was a PK, um, and I promise, I told the last service, promise I was a good one. I didn't do nothing crazy. Uh, maybe. I don't know. You can ask my mom. Jury's still out on that one. So, um, But I just love this concept of running with the Giants. So we're taking greats of the faith. We're pulling them down, running a lap with them, and kind of seeing how they live life and using these examples to live our lives. And um, I, I had an older brother, and he made all the mistakes. And I just watched him, and I just didn't do what he did. And I was the favorite. So I'm just going to tell you right now, hey, we can learn from these guys. And um, today I have the privilege of talking about a guy named Moses. And Moses is a very popular person in the Bible. Uh, you know, we just sang this song talking about God splitting the sea so we can walk right through it. God worked through Moses so mightily. And Moses uh, came from humble beginnings. He's a lot like a lot of us. And I just felt uh, when I got the call to, to come to you today, I just really felt that in my heart that um, the season of life that I've been experiencing has really just been a Moses kind of story. And so I just wanted to kind of share with you his story a little bit and maybe from a perspective that you've not really heard much from. And then I just love to encourage you today. Uh, I just believe in encouraging the church, and I feel like that's what God has called me to do is give a word that would just encourage you to help live life better. And so uh, I just want to pick up the story of Moses. We're going to pick up halfway in between his story. And so Moses was born a Hebrew child at a time when Hebrew children were being killed. The Jewish people were under the rule of the Egyptians at this time. They were in slavery, and they were killing Hebrew boys at this time. And so uh, Moses uh, miraculously made it through that time. He wasn't killed. He was put in a basket by his mother in the Nile River and was coincidentally saved by Pharaoh's daughter, and he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. So as Moses grew up, he was allotted everything he's ever needed and had everything he wanted. And um, Moses grew up a little bit, and Moses got to this encounter one day when he saw one of his people being persecuted. And so he went and he took matters into his own hand, and he, he killed this uh, Egyptian soldier that was persecuting his people. And, um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but uh, it's like a lot like my my story, when I think about life, many times, you know, I tried uh, to do stuff in my own power and my own strength. But how many know God's plan for our life is the best plan that we could ever follow? Amen. It's not just a catchy song. It's not just God's plan, God's plan. But no, it's like a real thing. It's like we got to follow God's plan for our life. And so uh, Moses at that time fleed. He was in shame and he ran out into the wilderness and spent many years 
years as a shepherd, and uh, he uh, met a woman and, a, and, a, and a, uh, her dad, and started working for her dad, met, became a shepherd, and became really good at that, and spent some time. And so we're going to pick up his story here in Exodus chapter 3, and in this part of the story, this is Moses, he's encountering God. It's called in the Bible the burning bush experience, and I would just liken it to a person coming in to encounter the presence of God. How many know that in the presence of God, man, that we are changed, that, that when we come when we come to church and we sing these songs, um, there's something special about it. But you know what? We can have this every single day of our lives. We can take this outside of these walls when you're in your car or you're having a rough day and you got to go escape. You can turn on your music or you can just open your mouth and lift up praises to God. And God says that he will meet us there, that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us, but he's always with us. And so he has this experience in Exodus chapter 3. I'll just go ahead and read it. Uh, it's a little bit of a chunk of scripture, but just stick with me here. He says, And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me. This is God talking to Moses. He said, I have also seen the oppression by which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people of Egypt, that you shall serve God on this mountain. It's like a lot of us, we give God these excuses why we can't do things. God's calling us to do stuff, and we're like, man, you know what? I'm not smart enough, or I didn't go to this school, or I didn't have this experience, so I must not be able to do this thing. And I'm here to tell you today that, man, God um, is all we need, and we don't have to make excuses. Let's keep reading here. It says, then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to, Mo to Moses, I am who I am. Amen? That's awesome. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I don't know about you, but when things and opposition comes against you, when, when situations or people come against you and they um, are doubting the call that God has put in our hearts, all we have to do is speak to that mountain and say, I am has sent me. And I am is the one who's going to bring it to pass. And skip down a little bit to Exodus chapter 4. And then Moses answered and said, but... Behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, God did not appear to you. And the Lord said to them, and this is kind of where I wanted to get today. And I think if we were to pull Moses out of the stands and he were to run a couple laps with us, this is what I believe he would tell us or the rhetorical question that he would ask us. He would ask us, what is in your hand? That's what God asked him. What is in your hand? Now, I know that it's a rhetorical question, but sometimes when we ask God silly questions, he responds in a way that's rhetorical. And, and God said, Moses, what is in your hand? And I believe that God responded and knew what was in Moses' hand, but he was wanting Moses to waken up to that reality of what God had placed within him. You see, Moses was equipped with two different things. First of all, Moses had a staff in his hand, literally. So he was holding a staff. And to me, what that represents, the staff, it represents the things that Moses had put his hands to, the things that Moses had become good at. 
It's like a lot of us, we, um, we all have, are good at something. We've all been equipped with something. We all have strengths. And Moses, uh, in this moment, was equipped with uh, shepherding. He was a good shepherd. And Moses received this call from God to do this thing, to release and, and help the people get away from Egypt and to lead the people. And so in Moses' mind, his ability to shepherd did not uh, directly affect or have give him the ability to lead a people. But how many know in reality that is the very thing that was the thing that led Moses to lead a million people was his ability to shepherd. And I love the picture that the Bible gives us about shepherds. And literally, shepherd is translated into what a pastor would be. And so I love that Moses didn't, couldn't even really see what God was doing. He, God set him up before he had been a shepherd for many years, and now uh, God's calling him to do this new thing, and he's like, how is that even, like, equatable? But God always is in the business of setting us up with experience in the past that will help us to accomplish what he's called us to do in the future. And then the second thing that Moses was equipped with, it says in the passage there, I skipped over, but Moses had this dialogue between God, and he was like, God, you know, I don't really speak well, and I'm not like a very good like speaker. And he was going to go speak to one of the most influential people at that time, which was the Pharaoh, and ask them to release the people. And I mean, for Moses, I'm, I totally feel him because, you know, if I don't speak well and I have a stutter, like, I'm not going to want to go stand in front of the Pharaoh and ask this great thing from him. And so when God was asking Moses, what's in your hand? There was two things. He had his staff and he had his stutter. And I think those two things represent what a lot of us face these days is that we all have these two things. We all have our strengths that God has given us, but we also have weaknesses. And here and the word that I want to give you today is that, in fact, the exact thing that God has called you to do, he has already equipped you to accomplish. The thing that Moses needed to accomplish leading the people out of Egypt was a staff and was a stutter. And I'm here to tell you, man, I got things. I'm not perfect. I don't think anybody is. But I'm here to tell you the things that God has placed inside of your heart is the things that you need to accomplish what God has called you to do. Just because you say, like, well, I'm not a pastor or a preacher or a leader or this or that. God has called us all to do different things. Maybe he's called you to be the best father you can be. Maybe he's called you to be the best business owner that you could ever be. Maybe he's called you to be the best teacher that you could be. God has called us all to do something, but we all have the opportunity and the obligation to help those who are far from God come to know him. And so when we sit here and we have life happening and we're like, you know, God, I don't really think I can do this thing that you called me to do. I think Moses would echo his story and he would say the same thing. God has given you already what you need to accomplish it. And so the beautiful thing about all of that is that we don't have to try to make things happen. Amen? We don't, try to have, to, we don't have to make it happen. God's put on your heart, I want to be own a business, or I want to be a teacher, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. We don't have to make it happen. He, he wasn't asking Moses to make this happen. He was asking Moses for his obedience and his faithfulness to the call. What does that look like for you? Is, is that obedience? Is that 
um, by you uh, um, taking a step of faith? Or is that a be obedience, uh, something you know God has been just tugging on your heart to do? Maybe it's God's been tugging on your heart, hey, go across the street and make that person a meal and just tell them I love them. Or maybe that obedience is, hey, uh, maybe you shouldn't be uh, watching that or doing this or hanging out with those people or doing that or what is it for you? It's, it's different for all of us, but, you know, God, again, has a great call on all of our lives. And I think in order to walk into that, God's not looking for the fancy or for looking for the greatest or the best. He's just looking for an open vessel, a person who was willing to do whatever God asked them to do. And that's what he's looking for. And so that's all that Moses was. He had this stutter, and man, I can't even imagine, uh, you know, Moses being the one to go and speak to this influential guy. I mean, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say that person because that would cross the line, but it would be like going to, uh, you know, uh, the, the most high-ranking official uh, in, in a land and trying to speak to them. Imagine that. And so it must have been really hard for Moses in that, mo in that moment to think, man, why is God calling me? But I think it all goes back to the, what I said at the beginning is that God was setting him up from day one to have this story, to walk out this purpose for his life. And I, I think what it's all about, the ups and the downs that we go through, James chapter 1 verse 2 says, brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you go through trials and tribulations and things, because it's not for your destruction, but for the perfecting of your faith. Amen. I think that's what God is trying to get from us. He's trying to perfect our faith and work us out. And so where is Moses committed this crime and killed the guy and uh, all this crazy stuff happened in his life and he was in the wilderness in isolation and all this crazy stuff. I think that's where God is trying to get us. He's not trying to get us, uh, you know, out of sorts. He just wants our heart. And so I'm here to challenge you today that whatever it is, whatever things that you feel God has placed on your heart, don't give up on them just because it doesn't seem like it's happening. Trust in the God that lives on the inside of you, that's propelling you, that's giving you exactly what you need to complete exactly what he set off. Amen? I think the second thing that Moses would tell us is he would tell us that it's important that we understand our identity. Understand our identity. You see, I've been um, singing for a really long time. I've done music pretty much as long as I could talk. And, um, you know, it's easy when you're good at something, when you're good at, like Moses, he was good at shepherding or whatever it may be. Um, it's easy to find your identity in that thing. But what happens when that thing is taken away? What happens if I lost my voice today and wasn't able to sing the rest of my life? How would I, where would I find identity in? Or if I found my identity on the other side in, you know, in my shortcomings or uh, <laughs> my mistakes or even like when I mess up, like if I was to find my identity in that, that wouldn't be great either. And I think Moses would want us uh, warn us that it's important to understand our identity, to not find our identity in that strength or that weakness, but to find our identity in Christ. Yeah. 
Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that can't pass away. That's the only thing that can't be taken away. You know, I could lose my voice tomorrow. Or if you're Miss America, you could lose your good looks because you're going to age and you're going to not be Miss America anymore. Or, you know, you could be the most smartest person on the planet, but your brain's going to fade as you get older. Like, you can have a lot of money. You can find identity in so many different things. But I would challenge you today to find that identity in Christ. The scripture, I love this, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. The old has passed away. That our old identity, that person I used to identify with, the athlete, the person, uh, you know, who uh, skipped class all the time, the person who uh, could uh, win any uh, food eating contest, the guy that was, thought he was funny or whatever. Like, I don't find my identity in that stuff anymore. The old stuff has passed away. The, my mistakes and my failures and the things that I was short in, uh, my shortcomings, all that stuff has passed away. And now I have a new identity in Christ. And I think when you're running a race, if you think about this race that we're running, if we are constantly looking back in the rearview mirror, we can never go forward to what God has for us. You can't be focused on two different things at the same time. That's called die vision. We have to have a vision to the future for what God has for us. We have to keep pressing on towards the mark of the high calling that God has for us. And I'm just here to tell you that, man, you could be in this room today and you could feel like the worst person or you could feel like the best person, but our identity is not in the things we've done or the things we are or where we've been, but we are children of God that we are identifying now with the new life that exists in Christ. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live and we move and we have our being. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 says, For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore all have died and he died for all. That those who live might no longer live for themselves but live for him. Amen? Amen. Come on, man. That's exciting news today. Because we are humans. We're, We're by ourselves. We are not enough. But the grace of God is sufficient for every single one of our weaknesses. And I think that Moses would also warn us, and God is trying to tell us not to trust in the things or the abilities, but to just trust in him. He's directing us. He's leading us. The calling is strong, and, and, and it's without repentance, and God is never going to give up on us. And I'm just here to tell you today, let's not give up on the God inside of us. I think Moses, in the last part of what he would tell us, excuse me, let me get a water, of what he would tell us is that when we come to know these realities, when we come to know these couple of things, when we come to know that um, we come to know our true identity is not in our things or our stuff, but it's in Jesus, and when we come to know that what he's given us or placed in our hand is more than enough, that he's, it's, it's good, like that's all we need, I think we can do and accomplish exploits and more things than we could ever imagine because Christ is enough. He's enough. 
Even when we fall, even when we slip, he's right there to grab us. I love 2 Corinthians 12. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Anybody thankful for that? For the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Man, that is what I'm talking about right there. Is that it goes against all conventional wisdom that the world and, you know, self-help and everything would tell you that when, you know, when you go improve yourself, then you're going to be awesome. And when you go take this class, you're going to be awesome. And when you do this and when you lose 50 pounds and when you uh, read more books, you'll be awesome. And when you're more intentional about your time, you'll be awesome. And I'm not trying to come against those things because those things are great things. I think that we should always strive for excellence. I think we should always strive to be our best and give God our best. But that can't be why we do these things. We have to understand that Christ is enough. That when we actually humble ourselves, when we actually understand and say, you know what, I know I'm not enough, but with God I am. When we, we take that posture, that's when more can happen. That's when Ephesians 3.20 can happen. Now to him who is able to do far more than we ask or think according to the power at work within us. That's when that happens. Because it's not according to our own power, our own strength. And I don't know where you're coming from today, but maybe in your, you're in this room and you're like, man, like, I failed at a lot of things. I, I, I'm not good enough. Or you're like, man, I, I, I just, I try to stick to the things I'm good at. That's, what, that's just what I do. My encouragement to you today is to not put your faith in those things, but to put your faith in Jesus. Here in a second, we're going to baptize somebody and if, if, or baptize a couple people. If you're ready to get baptized, I just encourage you to go out and prepare for that at this time. But as I'm wrapping up, I just want to encourage you today. I just want to let you know that wherever you're at, God will meet you there. But we have to trust him. We can't trust in our own abilities, good or bad or ugly or worst or whatever. We have to trust in the God that has never failed. The God that never will fail. Amen. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. It doesn't matter. God is saying, meet me right here, right now. I'm thankful to talk about this message because just personally speaking, I know it's easy to get up here and preach a message and just seem like, oh, like, who is he to talk about that? Man, I've lived this in my own life. I've found identity in things that sh I shouldn't have found identity. I've found identity in what I was good at. I found identity at what I was bad at. I, but I'm just here to tell you that God's not through with me yet, and he's not through with you yet. And he has a great plan for your life. 
And just like this man, Moses, who later went on to free the people from Egypt and take them and see God do all these crazy miracles. They walked through the Red Sea and, and the sea swallowed up their enemies and every fear and everything that came against them. And I'm just here to tell you that that same God is here for you, to use you. Will you allow him to use you? Will you look at what's in your hands and not say, this isn't what I need, but to use what he's given you, the experiences, the life, everything you've been through. Will you allow that to let God propel you into the next season? Because in our weakness, in our humility, in our struggle, in our pain, God is made perfect. And he's here for you. So as, as I just shut this thing down, as I close, I just thought it would be really powerful if we could just, for a second, just sing a little bit of this song. And I just want you to let the words connect with what I've talked about today. That everything that we need is found in Jesus. Come on, can we sing these words together really quick? Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Because everything I need, everything I need is in you. Oh, oh, everything I need. Come on, sing it like you believe that. Oh, Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need, everything I need is, oh, everything, everything. Come on, one more time. Sing Christ is enough. Christ is enough. Oh, Christ is enough. Christ enough for me everything I need is in you yeah everything I need. so if you're in this room under the sound of my voice and maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ maybe you don't have an identity with Christ you see, 2,000 years ago, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die so that you may know him. He wanted a relationship with you. He wanted to do life with you. He didn't mean for you to do this all by yourself. And so if you're under the sound of my voice and you say, Chris, I want to know God in a real way. I want to know him not just because my parents knew him or because I've heard about it. I want to know him close. I want to say a prayer with you today, and I want you to begin a relationship with him. Maybe you say, man, I've fallen off, and I just need to come in, in a fresh way and come to refocus myself. I want to pray for you as well today. So if everyone in the room could just close their eyes for just a second. And I'm going to count to three right now, and I just, I, if you're in, under the sound of my voice and you want to know him, I'm just going to invite you to slip up your hand. We're not going to make fun of you or anything like that. We just want to know who we're praying with today. We want to know.
who we can believe with that can start this life-changing relationship today. So I'm going to pray, but I'm first I'm going to count to three. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand when I get to three? One, God loves you. He cares about you. has a great plan for your life. Two, just a small, simple step to start you off of a life with Christ. Three, would you just raise your hands all across this room? Thank you so much. Thank you. God loves you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that. I'll have to give you one more second. Thank you, God. That's awesome. Come on, church. Could we all across this room pray with those that raised their hands today? Repeat this after me. Say, Lord, thank you for sinning Jesus to die for me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. And I give you everything. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on.